but I, if you didn't see me just now, I was warming up my hands. I was warming up my hands before I spoke because it was just so cold outside. Uh, but I'm glad we're in the church, not outside the church, because we have AC. Woo! We've got a couple of events before we uh, start. And so today is uh, any contributions that you want to count for 2023 needs to be turned in by today. So you got to go. You got to go to the desk. You got to let them know and you got to turn in what you want to. So for January, uh, we have a jams Wednesday night at 7 p.m. That'll entail with a pizza party. Also, Valentine's is coming up. We got our strawberry fundraisers. So men who want to impress some ladies, huh? Get some strawberries with chocolate. Ladies who like chocolate, buy some. We On the 18th, we've also got a tea party for the Diamond Ladies, uh, which will be 6.30 at the FLC. And ladies who want to give 100 or more to the Mother's Memorial in 23, that'll be for y'all. On the 23rd uh, will be Ladies United Fellowship, and on the 28th will be the Mission Pledge. That'll be due. We're about to move into a time of worship, so if you're a little chilly, the best way to get warm is to get a little active, get a little jumpy, throw up a little hands, huh? Send a little prayers. I promise you it'll warm you up more than you ever know. It'll warm up you and it'll warm up everything that entails you.
stop praising his name now, I know it's part of a song but sometimes it's sometimes it's easy for you to stop praising you know and we can say it but we maybe not believe it but what would it take to get to the point where you truly you just could not stop praising that you could not stop talking about that you could not stop bringing up Jesus into your situations and I think it's coming because I believe that God is going to show himself into some situations today that you're going to walk into tomorrow and you're not going to be able to stop yourself from saying Listen to what happened to me. Listen to what God did for me. I was hurting, but God moved. Listen, I was struggling with this, but God did this in my life. I can't stop praising his name. I can't stop talking about him because of what he did for me. So this morning, we have the opportunity to allow him to move in your life, in your situation, your sickness, whatever it is. I believe that God is ready to move in your situation. He's going to change your Monday right now. And so we've got some needs we're wanting to bring forward in prayer. We've got uh, Tammy Welch, Randall Clark, Karen Reed, Marla Davis, Sister Della Joyce, Jeff Jones. And we're going to pray for all of the requests that we have on the overhead and every unspoken need that we have in the building here this morning. But if you have a need that you're wanting prayed for, that you're wanting God to move in, we encourage you to come forward. We're going to pray with you and over you ministers are going to anoint you with oil and I believe that God is going to move in this place this morning so Father I thank you for your healing power I thank you for your ability to heal to deliver to restore I thank you for what you can and what you will do and I pray that you touch every single need in this place every spoken and every unspoken need in Jesus name
this time we'll have our ushers come and we'll take our tithes and our offering, but we're not going to move out of this spirit that we're feeling in this place. And I did want to, uh, before we move on into offering, let us know that um, we will not be having evening service tonight. We won't be having youth Sunday service uh, with the uh, with the weather coming in, the temperatures and everything. So we're going to let you know if we do reschedule or if we just move to the next month. But uh, we'll have our ushers come and our tithes and our offering. Father, I thank you for what we feel, what you are doing. And God, I pray that you bless what is given and you bless the giver. Anoint the word as it's brought today and let us be good soil, Lord, to receive your word, but then to take your word and become fruitful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
ashes, you're seated. One of the greatest opportunities that has ever come my way is to work for people such as you. It is indeed, most of the time, a very invisible looking experience. And uh, I know through the years that people say to two and about preachers, do, do you just work on Wednesdays and Sundays? And, and that probably does look like the case. But when you have people in your life, such as those of you that attend the United Pentecostal Church and, and share life with us, the tithe, the offerings, etc., you spend much of your time during the week trying to touch God because you don't want any temple, any mind, any life to miss the grandeur of the story of the Messiah. That story has become such a usual statement that it's a whole lot easier if we're not careful to realize what all he really did experience as the holy God of creation. And people treated him as if he was an intruder to his own world, to his own plan. And so I, I want you to know that I'm very aware that it's easy for flesh to get to feeling like somebody doesn't like you. But the penetrating needle of the dentist, while it hurts, it's nice to have your gums deadened before they work on your teeth. And you know, it's a satisfying experience to know that people have gone to certain doctors, maybe have had a leg amputated, another member of their body amputated, but the poison that was in that part of the body had to go in order for the rest of the body I'm very aware of that because my dad had his leg amputated. He was glad to have it done. And we have some humor about that because Brother J.T. Pugh, one of the great ministers of our last many years, he had a hard time hearing and he had to have hearing aids. And dad and Brother Pugh would often room together at uh, headquarters when they were meeting. And uh, so dad takes his leg off at night and Brother Pew takes his hearing aid out. And uh, somebody desperately knocking on the door and dad said, I couldn't get to him and JT couldn't hear him. 
so that's sort of a little flavor in our history. I say those things because sometimes it's just so easy to think, well, who, who does that pastor think he is? Does he think he's perfect? And he thinks he's got to line us all up. I promise you, it's if I knew that without a question, you could walk streets of gold, we'd only have one service a month, and it'd be an eating meeting. The whole deal is that hell don't ever give up on you. Satan never stops trying. And so in that process, it becomes incumbent upon a preacher that takes God's money to live his life with. That's not fun either. It is appreciable but it's not fun. I have seen some of the elderly people of our church not only give up their tithing, but give offerings that cause my eyes to flood with tears. It is a need, and it should be a joy to be a partner with the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And we pay big money for a lot of things that do very little for us. They may give us a real shot in the arm for a week, may entertain our mind with oohs and ahs from people. Wow, what a car, what a dress, what a suit, etc. But none of that is going to pass the test of holy people living in a holy city. Thank God we do have a lot of conveniences, and I'm particularly thankful today for a heater. I am particularly thankful for some solid, good clothing, and uh, I am most thankful that we have an outline of how to live life, how to survive hell's menace, and to share heartbeats with brothers and sisters who help us. We are not on our own capable. I need you, and hopefully you need me. I know that I need my wife. And I know that some days she needs me. I know that I need my daughter and my grandkids. And I can't imagine everybody else having them and me not. I need them. But I need you. Because you are the joy for which I live. And the joy for which I study to try to make sure you don't miss that moment in time in which when the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. 
and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I want to remind you, you're not depriving yourself to honor God with the way you dress, the way you worship, the way you sacrifice time and effort to evangelize our city. The old song says it correct. It will be worth it all. So today, I want us to move forward as quickly as possible and, and yet savoring the moment and the process. Did we get the... Okay, let's... The goal of the United Pentecostal Church of Paris, Texas is to influence the spiritual economy, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I go to several places during the week, and I see people that are so sold on themselves that they uh, don't think anybody else has a right to be in line, and so they shove their way into the front spots and uh, etc. Unfortunately, I have been that guy too. But I am trying to do better with that because people need to know that people care. And that's one of the ways they know is how we treat them. And Jesus did that. He met people in most unique places. He shared life with some of the most pitiful settings because he knew there is an eternity and there is strength and wisdom and healing for everything that's going on. So the goal of the United Pentecostal Church and Pastor Meyer is that we influence this community to know that there is a peace that passes understanding, that there is a joy unspeakable and full of glory, and that there is a way to live life with discipline that doesn't take away from marriages, personal life, or friendship relationships. And so the United Pentecostal Church via Pastor Meyer and our leadership is designed. And so Mark 16, 7 through 13, several things occurred to bring the following definition to the disciples. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them. Does anybody here understand the word upbraided them? Why did you do that? Does that sound like you upbraided somebody maybe? Why are you so late? You knew this was going to happen. He upbraided them. Every now and then I've been in settings where preachers even did that. Why are you not praying? Why are you not visiting your neighbor? 
why are we so caught up with self? Again, that's not always easy. But he, the Messiah, set the precedence that when lukewarm happens and status quo becomes the general trending, he realized they didn't believe they could win the world. He realized they they didn't believe that they could change the course of nature, the course of life. He realized that. And so as he realized that, he knew that if he was going to use these people or take advantage of their presence, they would have to take advantage of his power. He upbraided them and accused them of their unbelief and their calloused hearts. It's pretty easy to just get used to people that won't oblige us quickly. We're in such a fast-paced race to get there that if we're not careful, we elbow our way through the crowd as if we own the place instead of we have an owner and we're just trying to help him with his efforts of saving our neighbor of being the best champion and yet sharing the beauty of life with them. Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. So he said unto them, Now, I want you to go into all the world. I want you to go into the world and talk to them about me, about my truths about my wisdoms, about my strengths. I want you to show them how it's done because I'm going to show you and I'm going to reveal to you that flesh cannot conquer God. But God can conquer flesh. And so God became sin, which shocked the fire out of me even when I was starting in Bible college and I got to reading that stuff and talking about that stuff. God became sin who knew no sin that we through him might become the righteousness of God by him. So God moved into a tabernacle that had all of the same feelings that you have. He moved into a temple that felt it when people reduced him to just a mere man. When they reduced his wisdom to some level of idiocy, improbabilities. But he knew that with the spirit of creation and the spirit of creativity and the power of a sound mind and a, and a power of a body that obeyed that soundness. And he knew that eventually, somehow, he would reach out and touch a smile, a gentleman that might would like to advance in life. And by the way, I enjoyed the hug. I was glad when they said unto me, get me to the house of God. 
Don't take me to a house that talks about a God. Get me to a house where the people will literally crawl if necessary and say, would you be my brother? Would you be my friend? Could, could you and I become so close that if I'm hurting, you would feel it across the way and that you would empathize with me? And do you see anybody out there you'd like to encourage? You're already encouraging me. Find somebody you hadn't encouraged lately. And you know what? That's going to feel so good to old Scott. He's already feeling like looking around and seeing if Brother Hanks could handle it. I don't know if you know it or not, but I used to hold that boy in one hand. He's sure been eating all of his potatoes. Let brotherly love continue, the book said. I feel like talking in tongues right now. I'm not going to do it because I think that we have that private place, but there's such a holy hush over this place today. As we're moving into dimensions of what we call another year, it's just really another day. It's really you're going to still have to work. Just because it's a new year don't mean all your clothes are going to turn into new. Your kitchen's not going to be any different. And your workplace and your car and all of the others pretty much going to be the same. We call it a new year because we use months and days and times to accomplish deeds. But the real thing is, it's not just Sunday that I'm going to the house of God. I'm going to the God of the house every day. I'm going to make sure I am in alignment just as we do the fuel and the air in our tires and the oil in our engine, we go to make an alignment and make sure I'm not headed toward spiritual poverty and I'm not headed toward a car going under and I'm not headed toward a house going coming apart. I'm going to attend or renew the things that make it all work. But for some reason, when people get a ticket to heaven and they call it saved, they cool off and they just tell people, I'm saved. I want to say that we must be careful about the word saved. Talk about it to yourself. What are you saved from? Because if you're not saved from pathos, that's not salvation. Now, you may be in the process of being saved, and you can, being saved is a whole lot different than just eating one meal and say, I'm going to be able to live off of that meal. No. Uh, one bath a month usually don't do the trick. 
I mean, you can keep putting underarm on all you want to, but one bath a month is not going to do everything you need. And prayer and quoting the Word of God, and the Bible calls the Word of God the washing of the water by the Word. You wash off the doubts and the fears of relationships, the doubts and the fears of future. You wash off all of that in prayer by praying the word of God. And the Psalms is one of the greatest places to pray the word. So afterward he appeared unto the leaven and upbraided 11 of the 12 that started out. I mean, these guys left everything to go walking with him. Nowadays, people, if they were not extremely careful, would retort to him real quickly and say, Hey, Jack, you know, we've been tracking around after you for all over this community, and you're getting all the glory. He upbraided those guys that left their history, left their usual, and began to follow him. What a deal. And he's upbraiding them? I want to tell you as a pastor, it's not fun to upbraid anybody. That's not the fun. The joy is that if you can, whatever you have to do to pull them, oh, I'm so glad you like me. I get nervous sometimes using your niceness. So please just tell me sometime if you don't, if you'd prefer me to use him. Okay. Sometimes to get your car out of the ditch takes a pretty good cable and you can't just do it with a thread. <laughs> you could tell the people with an emotional thread and say, look, why can't you tell I care? I mean, I tied a thread around you pulling you out of the ditch. Well, you knew it was going to break. No big strain in a thread. But when you tie your life or care about your neighbor or love your neighbor, he don't know all you know. He doesn't understand all you understand. And so you carefully ease him into apostolic lifestyle. You carefully ease him into a faith that deepens a relationship with such magnetism. I don't want to get loose from a future that you are enjoying. Your strength strengthens me. Your joy in makes me have joy. And your peace is outstanding. And your love for your fellow man is thoroughly convincing that you have got a God that is so 
superior, that none of the inferior things that I have in my life can do for me what you do for me. Could we praise him a little bit right now for that level of option? Father, lead Robert Meyer to a place that I can do what this veil up here is designed to do. For those of you that didn't know, that's what this is up here for. Ring the bell. It's dinner time. It's supper time. It's prayer time. It's study time. Jesus is coming. And one day it'll be the last bell that you ever hear. And the trump of God shall sound and the dead in Christ will come out of their grave and it will be over. I wish we could pray right now for our city, our whole county. God set the United Pentecostal Church family ablaze with passion, with purpose, with power with glory, with peace, with righteousness, with a godly lifestyle. Oh God, help us in our prayer to pray the things that will produce a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Oh, could we praise him just for the option? Thank you, Father, for an open door. Thank you. For the food, the bread, the spirit, the wine. Thank you. Thank you that we have a good option. And if our friends don't want to go, well, we'll just leave a light on somewhere. Go ye into, somebody say, all the world. The ghettos. The poverty. It's just so easy to want to pe get people that are already where they could be. No, we're going where Jesus went. He went to the hurting. He went to those who had no real platform. He had go to people that hated him. You have a great opportunity because there are so many people that are just mad at life. They're mad at their mother. They're mad at their children. They almost despise the fact that their kids got here because they've become such a nuisance. I live with that world out yonder. I'm not going to stop living with that world out yonder. But I'm not going to stop loving them. I'm not going to stop caring for them. And I'm going to preach harder this upcoming year than I have ever preached. The bell is about to ring for the last time. The marriage supper of the Lamb is getting itself ready. There is a glory cloud hanging over the world. And that glory cloud is the promise that if you 
know that I left. Know that I'm coming back. These signs shall follow them. These signs shall follow them. That what? It's pretty easy to say I believe in him. But he said, let me tell you something. There will be signs in a true believer. You won't have to try to figure it out just because they go to a building that they call the house of God. Uh, that, that won't be the sign. But that has become the sign for so many people. Well, I know you go to church. But what did you get out of it? Did it affect your vision? Did it properly feed your vision? Did it feed your real purpose in living? Using God's breath, using God's church family as a platform, what did you get out of it? In my name shall they cast out devils. I'd like to hear more of that. Devils and demons activate minds. You don't have to be a scientific scientist to realize when a demon is aggressively irritating people and so they're constantly irritated because they harbor little forces that don't look like they're a real problem at first. It's the same way with things that eat up the wood in your house that destroy the foundation and the issues that go on. We are going to try to do the best we can to influence the spiritual economy of righteousness, peace, and joy. When they see a person that comes to the house of God, they ought to experience somebody that is purposefully living a life distinct in alignment with God. That's called righteousness. Oh, another one is peace where that they know you're going through hell, but you're not all bent out of shape about it. You know that you're going through some tough stuff. Jesus went through a few tough things. He went through it. But he upbraided the people that he chose to follow him. It's a pretty big, significant statement. He wanted to influence the world that there's another economy. There is another grandeur of righteousness and peace and in joy. And that beautiful realization, joy unspeakable and full of victory. Glory is what they tried to do last night. Maybe you didn't hear that was a football game last night. Zero degree temperatures. And I was in a place for a while that I could see the stands were filled with people 
freezing temperatures. Horrifying to see people sacrifice for gods that can't save them. But your God can save you. And I'm hoping that as we turn into this new year, there is going to be a passion that ripples across this congregation and the people that hear from this congregation, a passion that reaches out. We're going to brother up with you like God did with us. He became flesh and dwelt among us that we could behold the glory. We're not going to lose our spiritual nature and our definitives of lifestyle. We are going to care, though, about those who are living in spiritual poverty and let them know we dress a certain way because we discipline this body. We don't just go out and just become a part of the world because it looks cool or it's some classy person that's a big TV star or got a lot of money and, and so they change all of the things. No, no, no. The Pentecostal Church of Paris, Texas is designed by the pastor and the word of God and the spirit of truth that we come out of the world and be ye separate, but not because a pastor makes you feel foolish for doing it, but because you understand that you're coming out of a social system and into a spiritual system, and you want people to realize we dress like a lady and we dress like a man and we carry ourselves like each of those, and then the world realizes there is a beauty to this thing called the Christian life. It has become so melted down now that people all over, oh, I know he's a Christian, but you know, I mean, he he, he gets drunk every now and then and, and cusses a little and does a little fornication and here, there, and yonder, but, but he's a Christian. You know, he's already saved. He said, I believe that Jesus is Lord. No, Jesus upbraided those disciples because they were fitting in. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. I like that statement. No thing can be impossible. Well, it's just impossible to do that. It's impossible to pray every day. It's impossible to pray without ceasing. No, no, no. Prayer is two-way. You talk to him. That doesn't mean you've got to be talking to him every day. He is so conscious of you. Prayer is just an exchange of virtues between two elements. And you are the person that has a soul. They are a person that has a soul. And your soul can be affected by every spirit. That is a critical realization. And that is the spirit of the Lord maketh us God. That is a big deal. We can overcome. And when you are active in the Spirit, are renewing the Spirit faithfully, then you look at a situation and you say, I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to get this ark 
to do the floating and to, to get all the animals on it. I'm not sure about that, but I am sure about my God. I've got a confidence level in my God that if I'll build the ark, I'll do the stuff that's down here that he asked me to do, and then I'm confident that my little family, come here, little family. It's growing. Are you disowning me now? My family. Y'all acting like some of those people in the church that uh, act like they're here, but they're not. Yeah. I need family. Because I'm going to get old. And I need them to work hard. And I'm going to live off of them. Y'all ever sing that song, I'm getting ready for that day? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are a family here. Brother Tom, are we family? Sister Ann, what are y'all sitting there for? We're family. That's why we call him Brother Thomas. That's why we call her Sister Amber. We're brothers and sisters. We walk together. You know what the world looks at and says? Man, they like Brother Meyer. I might like his preaching. I might like him leading me into still waters and getting my soul restored and my joy upgraded. Yeah. Oh, thank y'all. I, I knew you was wanting to help. Anybody else want to help? How about you online? Ladies and gentlemen, this is your sister. As soon as she gets through playing, we'll, we'll go on. No, no, she's going to stand up. She's not going to sit there. And guess what? A, a, a threefold cord cannot be broken. It means something to be a brother. No, 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 stand up. It's not going to last for long. A threefold cord cannot be broken. You're not going to break into our church family and destroy somebody is the part of the body. When my little finger's hurting, I need y'all, the rest of the body. Depend on it. Would y'all look around and see all these people that are wishing they could be up here with y'all? Look at them. Well, I'm not going to let them. But it's wonderful to have a church family and not just go to church.
we are the church. I like one of my little sisters. Never to humiliate anybody. But I'm telling you, the testimony of this girl strengthens my brain, strengthens my resolve, because there's thousands that are out there that the United Pentecostal Church of Paris is going to reach out and get our, a quota out of that crowd. We are going to the hurting this year. We are going to those that are imprisoned by drugs, by all kind of stuff. We're not just going to enjoy one another. We're going to get our hands dirty. We're going to get our cars into new driveways. We're going to get our cell phones and find new elements of people that's got a phone that we can call and say, let me tell you, we don't just go to a church house. We are the church. And we are the body of Christ in the world. And we call ourselves the light of the world. And I will not dim that light to have association with people that walk in darkness but I will still maintain as best I can the integrity of the word of God. Touch not the unclean thing and don't come into a place where that you are going to be celebrated as a partner of the world. No, no, no. I am Christ, but I'm going to go into the darkest places I can where men and women hate Jesus and they hate Christianity because there's so much fake Christianity. I can't blame them for not enjoying the idea of going and giving 10% to a church that can't transform them into something great. But they're pacified in so many ways. Well, I did this and I did that. And they told me I'm saved. Saved from what? Saved into what? Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, Peace and joy. Any of those ingredients missing and your foot's in another tub. I don't know how to say it otherwise. I'm not letting you go to hell on my shift. I don't have to always be here, but I am going to preach him wherever I am because he did it for me. I can preach Jesus because he's done it for me. That doesn't mean I'm perfect yet. I'm just headed that way. And I go try to hear preachers at conferences and camps and etc. And I'm affected by what's going on. Years ago, I, I showed you this particular picture. And I want to show it again. Because it's huge. Huge, huge, huge. You see that beautiful mansion? 
And guess what the neighbors look like? Drug lords. Sinful. Know ye not that ye are the temple of the living God? It ought to be a desire for us to dress in a way that we would look different than the people that lie, cheat, fornicate, do things that pertain to hell. There ought to be something inside of us that yearns to dress godly, to talk godly, to think godly, to walk uprightly, to issue evil. We're not trying to be like the rock stars. We're not trying to be like the people that do have all of this. Thank God we do have a little money and thank God we can do a lot of stuff. But to dress righteously and rightly is not something that should have to be forced on anybody. But the preacher is obligated to at least share the beauty. I don't want my neighbor living in poverty and me sitting over here just eating and lavishly enjoying life. I want to help my neighbor. I've got to get close to my neighbor to help my neighbor. I cannot help you from a distance, but I can share life with you. I can share my testimony with you. I can tell you how I used to live, and I will take time to work with you on whatever level is necessary. Because I want your house to look like my house. God turned some lights on in my house. And I saw some boards that were not good. And I had to change some boards out in my house. I had some foundation troubles. Part of my life was leaning this way. And part of my other life was leaning that way. And so I had to go get somebody to jack up a part. Oh, you mean pastors jack people up? Yeah. That's what pastors are for. They're not here to please people. They're here to please God by getting people to live godly. It's a whole lot of difference in pleasing the people and pleasing God. But what happens is as you please God and they see or hear about this God that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all, he can take the worst criminal on either side of his resurrection. What a light was on when he was on the cross. What a light was on when he said, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. What a light came on when they stuffed him in a grave and he said, I'll be out of here in three days just to hang around. What a light really came on when they looked and the tomb was empty and they 500 of them and went and watched him fly away. 
Do I really believe that? Yes, I believe that. And I believe that those who are filled with the Holy Ghost and those who walk godly and those who walk uprightly and those who love their neighbor and those who give themselves to love their world around them, not the things of the world, love the world. The world is your neighbor. The world is the people around you. And that's why we make unto yourselves friends of the unrighteousness of mammon. Mammon has to do with flesh. The unrighteousness of mammon. And so this year, our goal is to help our neighbor get his house lit up and our other neighbor to get their yard cleaned up. I am my brother's keeper. That should not be a dread. That should be a joy that I found somebody that would let me help them. Because giving is not just money. Given it shall be given, pressed down, running over, full of good measure. Shall men give into your bosom? Giving is giving yourself, your time. Our opportunity is now making to yourselves friends of the unrighteousness of mammon. It's just, it's easy to have one of your brothers or sisters come over, but get somebody that's got a little filth in their life, got a little filth in their conversation, got a little nastiness going on in their world. That's where Jesus found me. I said, that's where Jesus found me. I cannot thank him enough that my mind is clear from most all of that stuff. I don't want you to think for one minute I think I'm perfect yet. I, I still got some ways to go. But I'm going to keep preaching to Bob Meyer as well as to everybody I can. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And he is the light of that life. We are living epistles known and read of all men. If we have a beautiful house to live in and we look down on others because they don't have that beautiful house, we are despising God's opportunity to save them. So we don't do that. We go to them and we love them like he loved us while we were yet sinners Christ died for the ungodly would you care if you see me down lolling around down here you just going to sit here and watch me I'm busted man have no idea what I've got. You are you gonna have to help me get rid of some of this before you can hold me up. Right. See, you start with them when they're weak and they're heavy laden with all kind of burdens and things that are pitiful, and so you just go to them and say, hey, "Little by little, I'm gonna get you up. We want to do it all in a week." He said, in your patience, 
you possess your soul. Because you'll get discouraged if you can't get them up in a week and you're in a fast-paced generation that's doing whatever they got to do to get a crowd and call it the church. No, no, no. He starts feeding me. Brother Meyer, you can get up. You got a whole church people that love you. Oh, really? Good. That's great. Keep working, man. I think I may be able to get through this process. Pretty big job, isn't it? <laughs> oh, another brother's coming. First thing you know, the whole church is working together. And we're able to reach a world. We're able to get out there in the nastiness of the world and say, look, world, we got brothers and sisters. We, we, we don't just go to the house of God. We are the temple of the living God. And we're coming out yonder. And tomorrow we're going to find somebody to just throw a little seed to. Hey, man, I, I want you to know I love you. See, the world, the enemy just doing it all over again. He's trying to take key words and water them down just like it was in the Garden of Eden. It just, they just so acclimatized to perfect. They thought they could handle the imperfect. No, 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 no. Don't eat or drink. Don't eat of that tree right there. And what they had was a whole pantry full of plenty. But they just decided. And that's where Paul in the epistles tells us that one one thing can cripple your strength. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish we'd look around at our neighborhood and see if there's anybody in our neighborhood that we could become friends with. And say, look, man, I want you to come down. We're going to have hot dogs tonight. And we just sort of like for you to come. Have a couple of other church members together. Make sure you got a neighbor. And they get to get in the feeling all that love and kindness and gentleness and meekness and Brotherly love and all of that stuff starts melting it together. And the first thing you know, they, they decide. You know, I don't know what kind of smorgasbord they're eating from, but I know one thing. that They've come out of something, and they're into something big. And that something big gives them strength, and their family ties are getting stronger, and their family ties are getting more majestic. And... They're, I don't know. They're just a beautiful people. There's a lot of people that we're going to reach for this year. God's love was such. He did not want to live in the glory of the heavens and not give you the same opportunity. He wanted you. So he said, Come unto me, Brother Les. And I'm going to make you. And I, I can't tell you how much I enjoy you. What God has done 
sending you here for a few years or decades or whatever it winds up being. That little kid of yours is just something. I think maybe I see the strength of why God is doing something. So I want you to help the people there in Lamar County. And uh, so he calls us. Uh, well, maybe it's Sherman. <laughs> sort of like you working in this area. Got a lot of fabulous people. I know I'm preaching mainly to people that already know every bit of this, but I'm trying to stir up the gift that's within us to get us ready for the best year that the United Pentecostal Church has ever had. I'm not down on anybody. I'm not here to preach down on anybody. But I am here to reach for the highest level that this church could possibly reach. And that's what the vision is all about. I want to turn them into palaces. I want to turn their pitiful into powerful. I want to make them the light of the world. I want to make them the envy of the sinners. I want to transform like he transforming me. He's transforming you. And I love to watch your transformation. And in one moment, in one twinkling of an eye, the houses, the palaces of God are going to be complete. The final touch if you're walking in the light. So every second of every day, laws are in effect. Oh, did you exceed the speed limit sign today? Did you see the red lights today? What's wrong with the church having laws? What's wrong with having legislation? You face it every day. You remember that little fellow I told you about one time him and his son were riding down the road and a dad was going real fast and, and a car was coming with a bubble gum machine on top and, and, uh, and the dad looked at the boy and said, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And uh, he said, is that guy got his lights on? He said, yep, on, off, on, off. Did he turn around? Yeah, Dad, he did. He's on, off, on, off. He made it. That's what the preaching of the word turned the light on. Do whatever we got to do. God never slumbers or sleeps. Revelation, the finale of it all, John looks and sees a lamb in the middle of the throne. The lamb looks as if it had been slain. He had seven horns, seven eyes. The horns represent the power of Jesus. The eyes represent the omniscience of the Spirit of God. God so loved you. Could you praise him for him loving you? not a ritual. Could you praise him from your heart? 
for calling you out of a world of deprivation, of degradation. God, thank you for being willing to put me into a corporate body called the church of the living God, the bride of Christ. The musicians are coming as we close out with this frame. The blood. The blood. The blood of Jesus speaks better things to come. Being born again is essential to the building of the tabernacle of God. I didn't point out the eyes up at the top and the ears down here at the bottom, but having eyes too often we see but see not. Having ears we hear but hear not. I want to see both him and what I can be. I want to see the joy of him. And I want to hear his voice every day. I'm not willing to go through a day thinking I can do life on my own. So I want him to speak peace, the word. When he sees that I'm about to intrude into error and to destroy my temple and to go back to the kind of houses or the life that was on either side of that beautiful mansion. I'm not willing that any should perish and be backslid and lose their momentum enjoy life don't worry about when the trumpet sounds if you're enjoying him and walking in him and doing his will I promise you it won't be worse it will be better than ever thought of it will be a dream come more true than we ever dreamed I hath not seen ear hath not heard Neither has entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared beyond that next picture. I don't have that picture. All I know is that the lion and the lamb have worked hard. Could we just praise him or maybe even stand and if there's anybody here that hasn't been baptized in his name and we have the water ready. If there's anybody here that hasn't had the Holy Ghost. This is a great time to get the Holy Ghost. That Holy Ghost is Christ in you. Watch this now. The power of God unto salvation. That is one of the most beautiful things. We are naturally drawn to cursing when a bad spirit leads us. Why would we worry about talking in a heavenly language when the love of God leads us? I am shocked that the world can't realize that difference. I've never seen anybody blessed by a good cursing. Not the cusser, nor the people getting the cussing. But I've never seen anybody hurt by talking in tongues as the Spirit of the Lord gave them the utterance. And I've never seen anybody damaged 
by listening to somebody talking in tongues. Sing it, would you? This altar's open. If you just want to come pray for somebody, that's your neighbor. You want to do a... You want angels to go to them. This would be a great time all over this house to make a commitment to pray in for our neighbors. Get their name. Send them a card. Go say hello. But the United Pentecostal Church is determined to reach a world says it this way, pray ye one for another. This would be a great time. Plead the blood of Jesus over one another. Join together and plead the blood of Jesus for a lost soul. God, give us a passion. Give us a purposeful passion.